You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Bad news for Yahoo, really bad. Realm finds its space in the black market. M&A news and a new third-party risk management coalition. NATO-themed fish bait. And a conversation with Red Owl's Brian White about insider threats. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary and week in review for Friday, September 23rd, 2016. That cloud over Yahoo, security industry people have had their eye on, boiled up yesterday afternoon into a metaphorical derecho. At least 500 million users have had their accounts compromised, which makes this one of the largest data breaches so far recorded and probably the largest ever from a single site. Yahoo disclosed that in 2014 what they describe as a state-sponsored actor, no state mentioned, but we're betting it's not Maryland or even Virginia, Exfiltrated names, phone numbers, dates of birth, security questions and answered, and hash passwords. Yahoo does say that no financial information was compromised. The company is in the process of notifying its many affected customers, and it advises all who haven't changed their passwords since 2014 to do so as soon as possible. In early August, the hacker known as Peace said that he or she had some 200 million Yahoo credentials for sale. It's not known yet whether that claim is connected to the breach disclosed yesterday. According to the Wall Street Journal, Verizon, which has been in the process of acquiring Yahoo and disentangling the acquisition target from its stake in Alibaba, said it had been notified of the incident within the last two days, but that it was not yet informed enough to comment. Investigation by both Yahoo and law enforcement authorities is in progress. A new malicious tool on offer in the criminal market is drawing some attention, called Realm. It distributes malware through torrent files. That's not entirely new. There have been malicious torrents before. What is innovative is the criminal's business model. The gang responsible, thought by security researchers at InfoArmor to be the Eastern European mob known as Black Team, not only has what CSO calls a slick interface, but they've got an advanced pay-per-install model. They're also selective about their criminal-to-criminal clientele. InfoArmor says the underground markets that sell Realm are accessible by invitation only, with very strict virtual bouncers at the door. Black Team's customers are bundling the tool with malicious games and using it to infect users of both PCs and Macs. Those who frequent sites like the Pirate Bay and ExtraTorrent are thought to be particularly at risk. The malicious payloads have included ransomware like Cryptex, the Drydex banking trojan, and password-lifting pony spyware. The CyberWire heard from Last Line's CMO Bert Rankin, who thinks one takeaway from the incident should be the insufficiency of signature-based defenses. 
Quote, this is exactly the type of pernicious, evasive malware that cross-contaminates enterprise organizations. Because it bypasses firewalls and legacy perimeter defenses, it's likely to get into the enterprise through BYOD and even corporate assets used off the corporate domain. End quote. He thinks Realm provides a strong use case for security defenses that identify malware by its behavior. Looking back at the week, there's been a lot of movement in the security industry. Some big consumers of security products, including Uber, Twitter, Pivotal, Dropbox, Palantir, Square, Atlassian, GoDaddy, Docker, and Airbnb, have formed a coalition aimed at improving cybersecurity standards. The new Vendor Security Alliance, inevitably to be known by its acronym VSA, will seek to improve the security posture of third-party vendors. Vista Equity Partners took network control shop InfoBlocks private in a deal worth $1.6 billion. Colorado-based security company WebRoot has acquired machine learning company CyberFlow Analytics for an undisclosed sum. Oracle has acquired cloud security vendor Palera also for an undisclosed amount. And with its sights set on market leader Splunk, big data search and analytics house Elastic has picked up Prelert, which specializes in unsupervised machine learning. Venture capitalists continue to be more selective in which cybersecurity startups to back, but there's still money coming into the sector. White Ops, for example, has just closed a $20 million Series B round. And finally, it's worth returning to the recent intrusions into the networks of German politicians. It involved a spear phishing campaign, which is increasingly the norm in cyber attacks aimed at espionage. The fish bait in this instance consisted in large part of spoofed emails purporting to be from NATO. Those with long memories, that is, memories extending back to early July, will recall doxed emails from a former Supreme Allied Commander Europe that appeared to reveal a campaign to pressure the U.S. administration into a harder line against Russian actions in Ukraine. Those emails appeared in DC Leaks, a site now regarded by many as Moscow run. Thus, NATO themed emails would be appealing bait. So, if you get an email in which, say, the Supreme Allied Commander Europe says that he would like to share an unexpected inheritance with you, he just needs some wire transfer information so the funds can be credited to your account, well, you've been warned. It's not likely General Scaparotti really sent you that request. And that's news you can use. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security 
by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And I'm pleased to be joined again by Emily Wilson. She's the director of analysis at Terbium Labs. Emily, when it comes to uh, dumping data on the dark web, uh, reputation makes a difference, yes? It does. Uh, There are certain personalities that tend to favor toward one type of information or another, you know, certain signatures that you tend to look at it and think, I believe you. I think if this was unsigned or if this was anybody else, I wouldn't believe that this is real data. But because it's you, I'm going to I'm going to trust that people who have come to you know be prolific in one particular type of data dump or another. One of the interesting things that we see that I, I still can't quite wrap my head around is that we see people who kind of have their you know hacksaw eighty nine Twitter handle and they're redumping information that's several years old. So you have you know a famous dump of some kind, and then someone six months later, a year later, two years later is coming back and saying, "Hey guys, you know I hacked the FBI," or you know, "Hey guys, I I hacked Sony." Check out my Twitter. And, and so it's interesting because you have this odd thing where there's reputation on a broader scale, individuals or names that you come to trust, and then you have these people who you can only imagine are, frankly, 15-year-olds bragging to their friends on the internet about how they hacked the government. Um, but they didn't. They're, but they're, they didn't. they're recycling old information. They are. They're recycling old information. If I had, you know, a dollar for every time I saw someone reformat information um, from kind of one of the major government dumps and claim it was their own. And and does the rest of the community respond to this and, and uh, you know, turn their noses up to these people? No, oddly, they're they're broadly ignored. Um, kind mm. of it's not it's not really worth my time. I don't know. The the dark web community is an interesting one because uh, you kind of have your factions. You have people who are there primarily for drugs, people who are there fi- primarily for fraud, uh, and they don't think very kindly of each other. Um, but then they all turn kind of a, a snide eye to anyone who's there asking for, you know, hey, where can I find the scary, super gory details that, that people tell me are on the dark webs? Um, and obviously anyone who's asking for kind of material related to exploitation is rather soundly told to walk away. People tend to think of the dark web as this scary, frankly, very dark place full of criminal activity. And it's... It's not that. It's like a dark alley that you wouldn't want to wander down. Right. right? That's that's actually the the odd thing is that it's frankly just a harder to access platform for e-commerce. People are just doing business. People rely on reviews and reputation and having a better product or a better price or faster shipping or better shipping than their neighbors. It's not that scary. <laughs> All right. Emily Wilson, thanks for joining us. Struggling to secure on-prem apps with modern identity? Don't worry, you're not alone. 
Join industry leaders from Fortune 500 organizations to secure your apps on any cloud with any IDP, regardless of your environment's complexity. Meet Strata's identity orchestration platform, Mavericks. Say goodbye to the headaches of app refactoring and legacy tech debt. With identity orchestration, you can modernize legacy apps to use MFA or passwordless authentication in a few weeks, migrate from one IDP to another, and so much more without changing the app. No matter your IAM use case, Strata extends the value of your current identity investments. And the best part? You can try it for free today. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire to share your biggest identity challenge, and they'll hook you up with a complimentary pair of AirPods Pro. Don't miss out. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire. That's strata.io slash cyberwire. My guest today is Brian White. He's the chief operating officer at Red Owl, a company that provides information security and regulatory surveillance products. He joined us in our Baltimore studios to discuss the challenges of defending organizations from insider threats, both malicious and accidental. We have email, chat, phone calls we make, activity we do on the network, what we do on an endpoint, what we may do with a physical badge, where we go. And all that data exists. But the problem has been is it's been very difficult to pull it into one place and then you know really find some meaning within that data. So the founding vision was how do we pull together structured data, and that is the network data that I'm talking about, as well as the unstructured data, that being the email, the comms, the voice, and uh, pull it into a platform and then apply analytics on top of it. And the use cases that we solve are really around how do you mitigate human risk? What are you doing around the insider threat? And we define that very broadly. So one broad set of use cases for us is for the information security community, where we help you know those organizations really look to uncover if they have a malicious, compromised, or negligent employee. And maybe during this, we'll go a little bit deeper into those. Uh, but the other use case that's germane is what we're doing in trader surveillance. And that is what we do for large investment banks and asset managers that are looking to surveil their trading activity. And they're mandated to do it. Uh, but what has happened is that they really have had some very legacy style tools. And so they are now taking advantage of companies such as ours to have the capability to look and do their, their essential supervisor review to make sure that their employees are compliant, as well as, and perhaps more importantly, use the analytics to uncover those that may be doing something that they don't know about. And so those are the, to us, it's the same problem because it's insider risk, but there's two different people that are interested in the issue. Take me through the the uh, the insider threat uh, types, you know, the, the person who is out to do bad and the person who may just uh, not know any better. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I mean, the reality is, I think we'll all know about the insider threat because of Edward Snowden. And, uh, you know, he's one of many and perhaps the most public, especially with, I think, the new movie coming out uh, this this week, the Oliver Stone film, uh, about what a committed uh, insider may do. 
And, you know, to me, he was clearly a malicious insider and not venturing my opinion on what I think about his actions. The reality is that he took information and exposed it to people that should not have had it. And I think what what he proved is that, you know, very publicly, the kind of damage that somebody can do when they're committed to this. And you have not just seen that, obviously, in a public breach there, but you see that actually across, you know, corporate America day in and day out. And, you know, we have been able to catch people taking information before going to a competitor. And so these happen fairly regularly where an individual is, you know, committed to take information that they should not and expose it to somebody else. So to us, that individual is a malicious insider. But there are two other types that are, that are equally as important. One is the negligent insider. And that is, you know, essentially that is probably a lot of people that may even be listening to this. Uh, those are individuals that, you know, they may, you know, share a document inadvertently with somebody. They may access a site that they should not have access to. They may leave. They may send information somewhere. They may bring it into a cloud service. And by doing that, they're exposing information and they're introducing more risk. But they don't set out when they get to work in the morning to do something bad. Uh, Those are the negligent users. And they're perhaps the most concerning because you need to really start to train them on the education and awareness. And then when you do have a program in place to catch them, you don't want to, you know, obviously take a termination action against them. But you do want to uncover, okay, what happened here? What can we learn to do better? And how is this applicable across the organization? Because often what they're doing is probably somebody else is making a similar type mistake. And then the third category is really, as you know, you well know here, uh, you know, the compromised insider. And this is, you know, clearly the primary means of access now with spear phishing, you know, running an exploit and then going ahead and taking over your account. And essentially what is happening there is you are doing something that is unlike you. Because as I always say to people, you know, this cyber threat is sometimes lost in these big words and whether it's the Chinese or the Russians or the APT or whatever term we want to throw in there. But the reality is, is we've gotten fairly good at, you know, stopping the automated style attacks. And when people are really trying to break in and do harm, especially to large, sophisticated organizations, it is a person doing it. Point one. It's a person sitting somewhere taking remote access and moving around to find out what they're looking for. But when that person is using legitimate credentials, they are doing actions that are unlike the legitimate person. For example, when you or I show up at work every morning, we do a lot of things that are generally the same to us. We open up email, we check the sports site, we read the news, we then have a lull and we go grab a cup of coffee, we generally show up at the same time at work. Now, if you are all of a sudden not doing those actions and accessing source code repositories, seeking to escalate privileges, uh, that's that's an issue and that should be flagged. Mm-hmm. So really what we're trying to do with those insiders is find them from the inside and, and prove out that their pattern looks different and therefore this person may be a compromised account and therefore requires some investigation. What are the parts of what you're doing that are still puzzling to you? What are the harder parts that if only we could figure this part out, what we're doing would be a lot easier? 
I think the story that for some reason is underplayed is is the people in the organization and just what type of, I think there's a study out there that says that 20% of employees would sell their logon credentials for less than $100. I mean, it's it's the people are, uh, you know, don't even know that they're necessarily targets. And I think we need a broader uh, public discussion on this issue. And then, you know, from a company and from a technology perspective, listen, we're excited with where things are going. I mean, you know, taking advantage of, you know, data stack, data stores like Elastic, uh, being able to do, you know, from some very fun streaming analytics, uh, being able to deploy in, in AWS. Uh, I mean, you're, you're just taking advantage of a very ripe environment to deploy our type of technology, uh, and it's fun. My thanks to Brian White. He's the Chief Operating Officer at Red Owl. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Hey all, Rick here. At N2K Cyberwire, we're dedicated to continuously improving the quality of the news and commentary on our network. That's why we're inviting you to participate in our 2024 audience survey. It only takes a few minutes and your feedback is invaluable. Plus, you'll have the chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card as a thank you for your time. Head on over to cyberwire.com survey. That's cyberwire.com survey to share your feedback now.